0: Welcome to season three of Diary of a Pandemic. Diary of a Pandemic is a personal development podcast that lives at the intersection of two framing truths. The first is that there's a global pandemic happening as we speak. The second is that unconditional freedom is freedom in all conditions. Two transformational coaches, Keonga Ford and Rachel Paz, set out to explore the path to unconditional freedom in the context of living in unprecedented times and meeting whatever the RONA brings with full responsibility for what it wants to teach us about how to get free.
1: A couple of months into this project, George Floyd was murdered by a police officer in Minneapolis on top of a growing list of incidents of police violence against people of color. While our lives were quieted by the context of Corona, This captured our collective attention and led to widespread action around the deeper issues of systemic racism.
0: As a black woman and a white woman, we have different vantage points on this moment. And we think there's a contribution to be made here by taking a deeper look at race through those perspectives. For the next 21 days, we'll be having an unscripted conversation about race what's present in our lives around it, and what is our work to do to make possible a new conversation that leads to freedom for all. Oh my goodness, you guys, we are here for day 18
1: of 21 Days on Race, and it is a minor miracle that we are both here. So many things have happened along the way. Seriously,
0: let's talk about the commitment of showing up here right at this minute. Oh, boy.
1: I don't don't know. I don't know that uh, we will be able to fully convey and express. I'm in Florida where it's a million degrees in the shade. And today, literally the plastic on the key fob to my car key melted (laughs) when I put the key in the ignition to go. It just... Broke off. It just like melted off of the thing. And I'm moving today, and I'm now at a location about two and a half hours away from where I used to be. And uh, it means that I spent several hours at the Honda dealership getting a new key, (laughs) and other things have transpired. And then I came in a storm, and then there was just a cat delivered to the new location where I am that my dog hasn't met, so she is joining
0: us for the live, because I don't know what that meeting is going to look like. (laughs) Rachel? On my end, the power is out, and I have 10% battery on my phone that is hotspotting me right now (laughs) to be able to. (laughs) So apparently, I have a meeting in 20 minutes. So there's that.
1: Apparently, this is what day 18 looks like. And so we're going to come with the question that we want to respond to. And I want to warn you that day, day 19 may be part two of day 18. <laughs> and that's
0: okay. I was going to say, I really want to do this question justice. And and I want to acknowledge that there's value in, in getting in the box, right? Whether yeah. whether you actually get to the work or not, like the showing up is is a really important part of this. So,
1: yay us! <laughs> Even if you're getting eaten by the new mosquitoes in your new environment while well, you try to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many things. So uh-huh. many things. Uh-huh. So let's let's see. We're in super giggle mode and uh, squirmy mode. And so maybe it would be nice if we introduced ourselves because you're like, who are
0: these strange, giggly, squirmy people and pets? <laughs> you yeah, just saw the lights went back on. I'm sorry. I just had a moment of utter shock. <laughs> that seems great. We love it when the lights come back on and the
1: internet comes back. It's all really helpful for this thing that we do. Mm-hmm. So I'm Kionga Ford. This is my partner, Rachel Boss. This is Zora, the squirmy one. And uh, together, pretty much all together, we in a project called Becoming Free Humans. Yeah, we'll probably tell you more about it on day 19, but the thing that you should know is that we have been having 21 days of conversation on race, and we are 18 days into it. And we solicited some listener, watcher, viewer questions. <laughs> see what's going to happen with the vocabulary today. Um, And we're still working through some of those. So Rachel's going to share one that we'd love to
0: speak to today. And we'll see where we get in the next 10-ish minutes. Uh, So this one is from Jessica. And her question is, uh, what does inclusivity look like realistically? And what negative consequences might come about as we move toward it?
1: Well, this going to be very stream of consciousness. And one of the thoughts I had in response to this question is it's going to look like I don't have to beg you to play in your sandbox. Great. So I recently had an experience with two different event organizers. Right. Or like a set of experiences with two different event organizers and one is really committed to diversity and inclusion and has set up uh, What will seem like a fairly formal process of applying to participate in her online event right or their online event because it's really a group of producers who's putting it together. Right? And they ask a lot of really um pointed and curious questions around what pronouns do you use um, how do you gender identify how do you um, identify in the realm of race what do you what is important um, about you and your identity perspective that you'd like the organizers to know so even though if you're coming in through one of the producers, you may know, it seems, a, it may seem a little formal. It uh-huh. makes it so I can forward that invitation to anyone. Anyone can participate in that process at that level. And in fact, several people that I know did choose, oh my goodness, choose <laughs> to participate um, and became facilitators for the first event. Now, The other event that I've been connected to is an event that when I was first turned on to it, I noticed a striking lack of diversity. And I reached out to the event organizer and he was basically like, okay, tell me about yourself. And it felt like, and said something to the effect of, well, our roster's already pretty full, tell me about yourself, right? And it occurred to me that the difference in process to a large degree is influencing the result, right? Mm-hmm. For the second producer, he's the curator and arbiter, and it's likely to draw people who are already connected to him. So if his world is not diverse, his programs won't be diverse, right? And it will be difficult for those to change. for for that to change, right? Like something in that process would have to shift significantly for the outcome to shift, right? Whereas the the first producer is mm, definitively committed to the result of having a diverse um, team of facilitators, right, and so has set a process in place that inherently supports that, right? Mm. And so I think there's a way that greater inclusivity is going to require us becoming more conscious and conscientious
0: about process right right off the bat. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me and it sort of goes in tandem with the thing that I was thinking, which is it seems unrelated, but I think it is related, which was mm, for my white friends out there um, who, in particular women, right, who are really interested in the demonstration of, like, um, success through how hard they work. Um, it strikes me that we're going to have to break up with that addiction in order to be able to make room for the energy that being more inclusive is going to require. So what you're talking about here, right, is the place where, um, where if I'm so busy and my to-do list is 8,000 miles long and I'm putting on an event and I need a speaker and, oh, I know, you know, Jennifer. And Jennifer, I can just call her and she'll say yes, and that'll be an easy thing. Uh-huh. Well, if I really want to be, um, really be intentional about my commitment to diversifying who I'm, who I'm working with, who I'm collaborating with, I'm gonna have to get rid of some of the other stuff that fills up my days, that fills up my, um, fills up my preoccupation, that fills up my need to like be a good human as a business owner, whatever those things are, however they manifest for me or you. Um, but that holding on to those things actually is one of the barriers to keeping people out. Hmm
1: yeah I totally followed I totally followed until the last few words. <laughs> I was like the
0: barriers to
1: keeping people out
0: yes. <laughs> I have to remove my own barriers uh-huh i e my addiction to busyness, my mm-hmm. like um bragging about how much I have to do and then having to do all of those things mm-hmm. in order to really like be able to channel and focus my energy doing like perhaps a more um like you, if like you're pointing to process and process is not necessarily super sexy. It's not necessarily like I spent five days outlining a process, right. Or how, however that is, right. It's not, it's not the glamorous thing that we want to be bragging about the ways that we're spending our time. Right. And, and I think in order to really get those things right, we have to be willing, we have to have the energy to do that. We have to get rid of some of the other stuff.
1: Totally. Totally. I totally get it. And, you know, my mind is a little wonky today. I, I probably, in the way I was thinking of it, probably would have said, um, thought of it as barriers to inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so I just got a little stuck when it was like, barriers to keeping people out. What do we mean?
0: So. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I mean, my words not, may not be 100% on point today either. So who knows if I actually meant the words that I just said. I think they maybe didn't come out quite right that's all right
1: that's all right i'm I'm pretty sure that I'm tracking. Would you read the second part of that question again? I think we've touched it.
0: uh well, I made it go away, but it was like, what are some of the negative consequences to look for as we mm-hmm. as we move ahead
1: i think I think we've gestured toward them, but I think we can say them more um directly. I mean, one of the things is that. We, we might collectively lose some speed,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: So they're like, oh, I can reach out to, to Joe who will surely have somebody who can fit in this last minute slot that I have, right? Who's probably gonna look just like Joe and probably gonna look like the rest of my roster, right? Like maybe we don't, maybe we don't do it that fast. Maybe we have to get more transparent with our audiences, right? And share it's two days before the event and I have an open slot, I would uh, like to invite people to fill that slot. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And this, this can't be the hunt for diversity, right? Like one of the things that I'm often talking about is foundational diversity and not kind of last minute accessorizing diversity right? Like I've set up this whole program and I discovered that everybody is white and I have to find somebody who is not white to put on this panel at the last minute so that the optics are better. That is not the thing that we're talking about. And I cannot tell you how many invitations I have been made to do that
0: thing. And it doesn't feel great. What was, um, there's a business coach that we're both connected to who in the days following George Floyd's murder, she came out on Facebook and said that her husband had been approached to be on a panel about diversity or something. And Mm -hmm. she was like, y'all, my husband is a truck driver, (laughs) right? She's like, he doesn't have any business speaking to an audience about the thing that they wanted him to come and talk about. Like, I hear what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's, that goes back to the slowing down, like slowing down to, to see like, what is the thing that I'm actually committed to? And I wanna move past diversity and inclusion as the commitment, mm-hmm. right? Diversity and inclusion is part of the process of getting to the things that I think we're really committed to. If the thing that you're really committed to in your, in your panel is having an understanding of sacred sexuality, right? Can you really have that if you only have a small segment of the population represented, mm-hmm. right? So really looking at not your commitment to a rainbow aesthetic, right? We're not returning to the Benetton era. Um, Oh, the kitty is just eating. sounded like a kitty might be destroying things in the corner. Sorry. (laughs) Pardon. So, so that, um, yeah. It's just important that we not think that like the rainbow aesthetic, the way it looks is the end that we're aiming for. We can get things that are much more cosmetically integrated and not change the system, Mm -hmm. right? What you have to see is where it is that mm, really engaging in thoughtful, conscious, conscientious process around diversity and inclusion serves your deeper commitments, right? And not just, oh, it's the side thing, the secondary thing, this additive thing, this ancillary thing, one more thing on my plate, I don't need one more thing on my plate, right? It, it's, um, there's a way that we have to slow down to see it as integral, something we can't actually move without.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it makes me think oh, was i was reading i was reading something yesterday where and you know you hear this often right where when you bring a group of people together and you can see that like the experiences have been varied and vast but like oftentimes people can really relate to sort of some of the core themes of humanity right mm-hmm. so often it's like You know, yes, their life has been very different from mine, but really at the core, I can see we've had the same struggles and, and the real beauty in, so like for me, when I think about like, what am I actually committed to creating? It's like, I want to get people in a room and like see the humanity and I want to get people in a room and see like what sort of brilliance and, um, and ideas come from like being able to see and hold both the overlap and the distinction at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, like that seems really exciting to me, um, and feels worth slowing down and creating process and, um, you know, the other pieces right that are required here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I've certainly experienced a lot of people trying to
1: experience the depth of humanity with rooms that are almost entirely white. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say, you didn't get there.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, you can find that anywhere, right? You, you don't have to necessarily have a cross-section of race in order to do that. But I think that... Um, what do I think? I think it just... It, it, everything becomes richer, right? When, when that spectrum gets bigger. I I think I'm actually going to disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you're actually
1: searching for the depth of humanity in a room of homogeneity. I don't think that's actually
0: happening. So what you're saying is Uh that you've had experiences where people have claimed to be searching for the depth of humanity or claimed to have found it. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What I was responding to was like, I've been, in rooms with people who have been largely white right and i've had an experience of being like oh wow they've had a very different life path or they've had a very different life path or you know they're nothing like me Mm -hmm. Um, and still white right but also having the experience of feeling profoundly connected by like that one thread um So I'm not necessarily saying, yes, that event was a success in terms of bringing in the spectrum of humanity. I'm saying that like, I know how impactful those experiences have been for me. And I know that they, and I know that they become even more impactful, the broader, the representation that there is.
1: And the thing that I hear there is that there's always some kind of diversity, right? There's always some kind of experiential diversity.
0: Sure.
1: but I think we can afford to be far more conscientious about the containers that we create to look for sameness and difference. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, I think you are about to turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> so, Rachel has an appointment and I'm gonna unpack the car. So we'll see you tomorrow for day 19. Of 21 Days on Race. If you have questions for us, things that you'd like us to speak to, things that we've already spoken to that you'd like clarification on, you can post a comment below. You can send us a DM. You can send a DM to Becoming Free Humans or you can send us an email at hello at
0: becomingfreehumans.com. See you tomorrow. Awesome.
1: Nope, I said no. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for the next installment of Diary of a Pandemic, 21 Days on Race. If you want to connect with us with your questions, reflections, inquiries about working together, joining us live on the podcast or really anything else, drop us an email at hello at becomingfreehumans.com or through the messaging function of whatever app you're listening to this on.